0: Have to get the technology attached, just want to read some scripture this morning and and as we have walked through and talked about the the, the hope that we have in God these last couple weeks, there's one other aspect that really stands out to me, and it's that God loves us like crazy and um, amen to that and so I just want to read some scripture as we kind of look at that and Let's start with that one verse that we always go to, that now that I don't, not necessarily I always go to, but we as people often just go to because we say, well, God loves us. And it's that verse, you know, it's, it's, this is the end zone verse, it's that verse that people hold up at different times, at different places, or, you know, people go to a basketball game, the guy who gets filled in the basketball game is holding up this verse, or at least a reference. It's, it's, it's John 3.16, right? We go there and we say, well, God loves us. We, we remind ourselves, we remind others, God loves us. What? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And we come back and we talk about this, why did God give us Jesus? And why did God do these things? He did this because God loves us. When I think of reasons for hope, and when I think of reasons to latch on and have hope, one of those huge things that I latch on is the reality and, and the promise that God loves me. And so as I do that, I recognize that I have a huge reason to have hope, because God has lavished his love on me, he's poured out his love on me. Now there's a number of verses that I would go to that I can look at, because... God says he loves us in a bunch of different places. So Psalm 32, verse 10. He says it in the Old Testament. He says it in the New Testament. He says, Many pains come to the wicked, but what? But the one who trusts in the Lord will have faithful love surrounding him. Faithful love. Not fickle, not temporary, not fleeting. Faithful. That's consistent, abiding, dependable. How about Psalm 36, verse 7? How priceless is your faithful love, or how priceless your faithful love is, God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. It's amazing. This amazing love, this this all-surrounding love, this this encompassing love, what what do we have the opportunity to do? We take refuge in that. We lean into that when life starts to squeeze us, when life starts to press us. We get to lean into that love, kind of like leaning into that big marshmallow hug kind of thing. And God just enfolds us and reminds us in the midst of those things that he loves us, that he's present, that he's there, and that we are not forgotten. We're not alone. He loves us. Psalm 106, verse 1. says hallelujah give thanks to the lord for he is good his faithful love endures forever and i love that i love the fact that that love endures forever there's not a timeline on this where it expires so it's 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 christmas time so you know part of what takes place during christmas time right you bake you, 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 you go into the cupboards and you grab some things and you pull some things out because you're going to make some things that you don't typically make. And what do you need to do? You need to look at the expiration date on some of that stuff. You would think that some of the things that exist in your cupboards don't have an expiration date. But they do. And so you kind of pull that stuff out and you say, When does this expire and can I still use this? Or do I have to go shopping to get something else? And this is what's cool. No expiration date. His love endures forever. How how about Psalm 145, verse 8? It says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate. And i got to tell you, I love the graciousness. I love the compassionateness. And I love this next part. He is slow to anger. He's, I, it's, it's, it's great when someone has a slow burn instead of a fast burn. God's got a slow burn. You know, it takes a while for him to kind of become fairly upset. He's slow to anger, but this, but great and faithful love. You know, have you read, met people that have all sorts of irritation, have all sorts of anger? They have all sorts of abundance of all sorts of these negative things. And they have just a little capacity for love. God's the opposite of that. He is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to get angry, but in an abundance, an abundance of love, great and faithful love. How about the New Testament? Second Corinthians, chapter thirteen, verse eleven. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Become mature be encouraged be of the same mind be at peace and the god of love and peace will be with you the god of love and peace he's going to be with you now what's interesting here as you think about this is he's encouraging them do you ever have those moments where you say to yourself does god love me and you have you go through these moments and you have these events that are taking place Well, I would encourage you, part of the way you know that, and you can be confident and rest in that, is as we start to become mature, we are encouraged. And because why? We start to become of the same mind. We start to have peace that the God of love is with us. Why? Because we started to rest in Him. We started to lean in Him. It's kind of like being married to Joan for 35 years. There are times when my wife isn't always happy with me. It's, it's, it's totally, amazingly hard to believe that there are times when she wouldn't be happy with me, that, that she wouldn't always be just kind of goo eyed with me and, and just so obviously, rapturously in love with me. But periodically, she, she gets upset with me. But here's one of the things that I have confidence in. You know, even though I know in this particular moment, she is not happy with me. It's not like this exact moment, but you know how it goes. (laughs) It's been a good morning. Um, But, you know, even though we have, we'll have that moment at times, what do I do? I have this wonderful confidence that Joan loves me, even if at this moment or at the particular moment, she would like to hurt me in a sense. So she's upset with me. She's angry with me. I know that she loves me, and it's a, and it's dependable. I can count on it. It's, it's rock solid. It's it's not going to shift or move. And this is what's cool in our relationship with God. As we start to walk with God and as we start to build that relationship with God and as we start to develop that intimacy with God, we become increasingly, increasingly aware or, or maybe increasingly, increasingly confident of a reality. And that reality is that God loves us. Now here's, here's what shifts and here's what moves in that whole thing. What doesn't shift is God's love. That's constant. But what does shift and what does start to move is our understanding, our perception, and and our ability to kind of learn to rest in the reality of the constantness of God. And I just love this. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, become mature, be encouraged, be of the same mind, be at peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Amen. How about Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 and 5? It says, But God who is rich in mercy. Now again, you remember the, the, the distinction between mercy and grace. Grace is receiving what you do not deserve. And at times we feel like Christmas is one of those times where where people are receiving what they do not deserve because many people today should be getting coal okay <laughs> but instead of getting coal they're going to get a present okay that's grace you know as, as the saying goes, as a, as a song goes got, you know christmas is keeping a list and checking it twice going to find out who's naughty or nice you know one of my one of my um, Family members on Joan's side of the family sent out a, a text message out, you know, kind of, I'd have, to, I'd have to go look at it, talking about how, you know, if, you, if, if there's going to be any night kind of, you're going to be naughty, tonight might be the night to be naughty because Santa is busy. You know, and I wanted, to send, I wanted to send out a text after that and say, well, listen, you, you want to really not be naughty tonight because the video evidence that out is out there and the yells, might pull the video, you know. And, and you don't know, want to joke around with that and that whole stuff. But we have this whole idea of naughty and nice and, and sometimes we say people don't deserve to get something. But the amazing thing is, is that's what mercy is all about. Mercy is withholding what we do deserve. And so when we say, but the God who is rich in mercy, God is withholding from us what we do deserve. Grace is giving us what we don't deserve. But God who is rich in mercy, withholding what we do deserve. Why? Because of his great love that he had for us. God loves us so much, he's withholding for, from us what we deserve to get. And and grace, then, is he gives us what we don't deserve. And so, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. What? You were saved by grace. God loves us so, 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 so much that even though we are caught dead to rights, We are guilty as charged. He loves us so much, he gave us Jesus. Why? So that he could withhold what we deserve. And so he could give us what we absolutely do not deserve. He loves us like crazy. Amen. Titus. Chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared. you get this? I love the connection of these two. Go back to that for a second. I love the connection. I love the, the extra adjective. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared. See, God loves us he's also choosing to be kind to us. Then he goes on. He saved us, not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. See, when we come here today and we get to celebrate Christmas, we think about the birth of Jesus, and we think about what God has given to us, we should be recognizing that this is the unfolding and the opening of a gift of God saying, I love you like crazy. I see you, and I don't see you with eyes of anger. I don't see you with eyes of resentment or, or, or other kind of things. I see you with an eye and a heart and a passion of love I care deeply for you and I want to lavish on you the best. What did I say? Did I say something wrong? I, I see Connor laughing back there and I'm like okay, what did I do? Did I just say something wrong? Okay. Every once in a while I do that. My wife is there sometimes to catch me too and go oh, did you hear what you just said? I, I don't always hear what I just said but I thought I heard what I just said. God loves us like crazy. Huh? He loves You know, isn't that so good? Isn't that so true? He loves us anyway. (laughs) Amen. Romans. Now, there's two verses in particular that I want to focus in on and and just have us walk through a little bit more. And Romans 8 is one of them. And then we're also going to look at 1 John. But look at what Romans 8 says. It says, What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us. See, God is saying, I am absolutely for you. I am in your corner. You can count on me. You can depend on me. I am here for you. I you think in the process of things you're all alone. You think in the process of things that I have forgotten. You think in the process of things that I don't care. That is absolutely not true. Why? Because I am in your corner. I am not against you. He did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? See, if God gave us Jesus, and Jesus came to take the punishment for our sin, and Jesus, when Jesus was born, that probably it was a christmas night probably not a christmas morning now when we say christmas morning maybe it flipped over and it's now sometime after midnight so therefore it's in the morning but the angel showed up into the shepherds in the fields at night okay so probably sometime in the evening or very early in the wee morning wee moments of the morning but he went when he gave us jesus He was telling us, I love you. And if he is giving his absolute best, that which is dearest to his heart, to us, to him, so that we can have forgiveness of sins, so that we can be redeemed, so that we can be restored and have a relationship with him, if he's already started out by giving us his absolute best, why would he hold off later on and continuing to bless us? And the answer is, he's not going to. So he did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How he will he not also with him grant us everything? He's going to continue to want to bless us. Why? Because he loves us like crazy. Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. God is the one who justifies, who, who declares us righteous. It's not someone else. We have the accuser of the brethren, the evil one who's walking around throwing blame and and, and making accusations and pointing fingers. Powerless. Powerless. To bring an accusation because it's God who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more, has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. So as one walks around flapping their lips and and, and trying to throw shade and, and garbage and accusation and innuendo at people, We're being reminded that Jesus is the one who died in our place. Jesus is the one who's been raised again. And Jesus is the one who's seated in heaven, actively, even right now, interceding for you and for me. Why? Because he loves us like crazy. He loves us. So, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Can anything separate the answer? The, 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 the assumed answer is nothing." He says, "As it is written, "Because of you, we are being put to death all day long, we are counted as sheep to be slaughtered." And he goes, "No. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him." who loved us. And then I love this next declaration. For I am persuaded that neither death or life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we come here today to celebrate Christmas, we get to celebrate the fact that God has been telling us again and again and again, all through history. But then again, on Christmas morning, on Christmas Day, as loudly and as clearly as possible, I love you. I love you like crazy And if you're living in doubt, you're living in fear, you're living in anguish, you're living in pain, I want to let you know that there is a reason to have hope. There is a reason to pick your eyes up and to look to the heavens. And that reason is because I love you so much. Amen. Amen. And then 1 John. It's a great conversation about love all through John. 1 John both the Gospel of John and in the epistles of First John. But look at verses 7 to 16. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another because what? Love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. See, the, the one who teaches us really how to love is God. Because God is the one who learns and, and who loves with unconditional love. He's the one who loves with agape love. So often there are conditional loves that exist out there. I'll love you if you're kind to me. If you treat me well, I'll respond well. But if you don't treat me well, I won't respond well. That's not what agape is about. Agape says, I choose to love you without conditions, without strings attached. My love for you and my, my choice to embrace you, to unfold you, and to include you in my life is not dependent upon other circumstances. It's not dependent on, my, about, on how you behave. It's not dependent on how you want to treat me. I choose to love you. Agape is unconditional. No strings. God is the one who teaches us how to love. And he says, the one who does not love does not know God because God is love. He's he's saying that this this word, this agape, is what defines who God is. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. And so someone says, well, "Where is the evidence that God loves me? How, how do I know that God loves me? Show me, show me the spot, show me the proposal, show me the wedding pictures. Where, where do I see this evidence that God loves me? You want the pictures? You want to see the wedding invitation, so to speak? Look on Christmas Day. Look at Easter." See, God's love was revealed to us when God sent His one and only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Where is the evidence of God's love? It's Jesus. It's in the coming, in the birth, in the ministry of Jesus. That's the evidence, the reminder of God's love. Love consists in this. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sin. We were alienated, we were opposed We, As we spent time this past year walking through Scripture in Genesis and in other areas, it reminds us again and again and again how we, by nature, are inclined to push back on God. We we are inclined to selfishness, self-indulgence. We're inclined to say, I want to do it my way. We're not inclined... In and of ourselves to say, God, how can I serve you? How can I walk with you? How can I do it the way you want it done? We're not naturally inclined to do things that way. We only start to shift and to move in that direction as we have an encounter, as we have a relationship with Jesus. And as we start to have a relationship with Jesus, we start to learn what it means to love as God's love. And that's what it's saying here. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's where we really learn how to love. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. He wants us to model that love that he shows us with others. He says this, No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us, and his love is made complete in us. And this is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and we have testified that the Father has sent his Son as the world's Savior. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him, and he in God. And we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. God loves us. And the amazing thing is, is that as we learn to love God, God starts to teach us and God starts to show us how we can learn to love others. And so then, some of the pictures, show me, show me some of the pictures. And first we say, well, here's the wedding invitations and here's the wedding day. Well, I see that, but where's some of that other evidence of the love? And then you start to show some of the baby pictures. And see, that's part of what God wants to take place. See, we, we point to Calvary and we say, this is evidence that God loves. Look at Calvary, look at Jesus, look at Christmas, look at Jesus, and look at what God has done. And then we say, but let me tell you what God has done in my life, and, and let me show you some pictures of my journey, let me show you some pictures of my life. Let me show you some pictures of other friends of mine who know Jesus and who walk with Jesus. And let me show you those pictures and let me show you and help you to see this amazing love that God has lavished on us. And all this, by the way, this is all coming from God. And it starts from God loving me and it comes through God giving us Jesus and the amazing work that God did through Jesus and God showing an amazing amount of mercy on me by not holding me accountable for the stupid, evil, wicked, dumb things I've done in my life, but rather He has poured all sorts of grace out on my life, and He is, he's, he's poured out on me and given to me all this amazing stuff that I absolutely don't deserve, that I shouldn't have at all, but because he loves me like crazy, he's chosen to do this stuff for me, and he's chosen to give me these things. He is amazing. So let me... I'll point you to Jesus, but then also... These are these other cool things, and you can see the things and evidence of how much God loves us, and you can see it in my life, you can see it in that person's life, you can see it in that person's life, but it all starts with Jesus. Because God loves us like crazy. And there's a reason for hope. Because God, absolutely, like crazy, loves us. So then we have this question that surfaces... So if God loves us so much, why is life so hard sometimes? You ever ask that question? James chapter 1. He says, Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete lacking nothing you see listen god allows these trials and god bring these trials into our lives but he does that because he's building into us the substance and the character of christ And I would suggest to you that sometimes as we look at these trials that we experience in life, we come back and we say to God, God, why do we do this? And we are functioning with a really short-term view. Because we get to live 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, maybe 100 years. Somewhere in there we, we, we get to live. But eternity... makes all of that seem like not even the first second of life. And yet, we get to experience the presence of God, the work of God, and we get to store up treasure, we get to store up things for eternity that we get to kind of look back on for the rest of eternity, seeing the various ways that God is at work. And we get to experience aspects of the character and the nature of God today that we won't have the opportunity to experience in eternity. We get to experience the faithfulness of God today in a way that we're not going to get to experience in eternity. We're going, to expect, we're going to get to experience the way that God shows up in life, in ways that God reveals his character and his nature today and in our journey here, that we don't get to fully appreciate and understand until we get to eternity. And we start to unpack that and we start to look at that. And we won't have those same opportunities in eternity. In eternity, we're not going to have the opportunity to turn harassment or suffering into opportunities to point other people to Jesus who are far from God. We're not going to have those opportunities. Because in eternity, everyone we talk to, they agree with us on how awesome and how amazing God is. They're going to agree with us with the, the wonderfulness and the spirit, the, the, the spectacularness of who God is. Today we get to see and experience how God lights a heart on fire for him and how God turns a heart from wanting to curse him and being angry at him or being, choosing to be far from him to seeing the spark of life click. And a person choosing to say, I want to know and I want to walk with Jesus. We get to see that and we get to we get to be part of how God works in other people's lives. We get to be the channel through which that love and that grace and that mercy and that compassion is is shown. And then we get to look at that stuff and understand that stuff and unpack that stuff through eternity. And he's telling us, listen, there's gonna be hardship and there's gonna be challenge but it's coming because he is building into us and he's strengthening us and he's he's accomplishing things in us and if we let him do that, it's going to produce wonderful and amazing things in our lives. It doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make the challenge then, oh, it's a piece of cake. No, the challenge can be brutal. It can be tough. It can be hard. But you start to realize that there's purpose. And there's a reason. And I can still, through that, have hope. Why? Because I'm reminded that even in this journey and even in this process, God loves me like crazy. And He's not malicious. He's not petty. He's allowing things into the course of my life because He loves me. And ultimately, as that verse says, it's, it's for good, even though I don't fully understand it. But one day it's going to all bear some amazing fruit. And that is amazingly wonderful and he continues he says and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete lacking nothing would you like that in your life lacking nothing now we're not talking about the stuff nothing we're talking about the internal stuff nothing lacking nothing well that comes through the process of testing but then i love this next part Now, if anyone lacks wisdom, what should we do? We ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given. God, as I walk this journey, give me wisdom. Give me grace. Help me to navigate this well. Why? But we're doing that because God loves us like crazy. One more verse. It's what I mentioned a moment ago. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. God loves us. He loves us like crazy. He hasn't promised the journey will be easy. In fact, He's told us at times the journey is going to be challenging. But even as that journey is challenging, That journey is there because he wants to build into us and he wants to shape us after himself and he wants to accomplish amazing things in us. He's going to be lavishing upon us, as Ephesians one says, areas and aspects of his grace, but he's doing all of this so that we will be complete, not lacking anything. And I just want to encourage you as we look at Christmas this morning to remind it of how much God loves you. He loves us like crazy, and he loved us so much that he gave us Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I want to say thank you so much for how much you love us.